0: Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For more information or to keep up on current events and products, please go to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Father, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. God, we don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. God, because we know that you're here. Father, we thank you for the gift of the supernatural, Lord. We thank you, Father, for drawing us and bringing us to the end of the natural God. God. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us, Father, with something that supersedes God the natural. And We thank you, Lord, there's a greater hope upon which we stand, upon which we live, and upon which we breathe. Father, that's not a hope of this world. We just worship you, God, and we thank you. We don't want to rush the presence of the Lord. We don't want to put him on a cart and try to navigate him and drive him around. Holy Spirit, you're in control. Just surrender this night to you. We give you the atmosphere. We give you the space. We yield to what's always been yours. We praise you, Lord, we worship you. And we expect great and mighty things. There is an organic process in the kingdom that is, is growth. And that the kingdom of heaven is always on the increase and that it's always growing. And say honestly, since you first experienced Holy Spirit in a new way or you had an experience with him in a way that was intimate, that you can honestly say that your life has radically been changed and you've seen growth in your life. Okay. And so, uh, and that's that's the way it should be, right? Um, It should be that we see this organic growth and that we see this organic increase in our life. It's not something that we have to work for. Um, It's not something we have to strive for. It's a part of what the kingdom of heaven is created to do, that it's created to increase and it's created to grow. And so I was thinking and I was um, kind of enamored about all the different ways that the Lord has, again, grown me personally and has grown the ministry. Uh, But you remember when Crazy Eight Ministries was real just teeny tiny and, and just started out in a small duplex. Accurate? And then you remember in 2015, when we went through that whole transition and had to find new land and had to find new space and and that whole journey that we walked through. In fact, you were one of the prairie, prairie warriors that walked with me through that, were you not? And got to grow from about one acre of land to five acres of land. And then a year later, we purchased three more acres of land next to us. Um, and then the year after that, we grew into, um, we opened up a resale shop, and so we moved into that building. Last year, we actually increased by two more campuses. So we now have a total of uh, three campuses. I don't even know how many total square feet that I have we have. But I know that at one point, uh, we housed between five to seven women and about 11 to 12 kids, depending on the heat of ki- people that we have. But to date, we have 51 residents, um, and 26 of those residents are under the age of 12. And the Lord has just continued to grow us. And, and can I tell you that there have been days that I have tried to stop it? Because it's exhausting, it's hard work, it's expensive, and it can, it can run your life if you allow That's why I'm constantly saying the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I have to navigate the spirit, right? So, but the point here is, is that the kingdom of heaven is always increasing. And so I was thinking about that and how much he has done. In the five years, even here in some of your lives individually, I know I've had so many um, opportunities to watch people get set free from so many fears, and really come into themselves, come into passions and dreams and visions and assignments and purposes and plans that God has had in mind for us all along. And so, as I was thinking about this, the Lord reminded me the growing seed, and I'm in Mark, uh, Mark chapter four, verse twenty-six. It says, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Now listen to me. This isn't a suggestion. He's saying this is what should happen. This is what we should expect. How the kingdom of heaven will will grow and will increase. And I love that it says And if the man should fall asleep by night and rise by day, even while the man is sleeping, an organic thing is going to happen to that seed and it's going to sprout and it should grow. And now if we go out and we plant a garden, most of us here expect that even while we're sleeping, that there's an organic happening that's going to happen with that seed. And at some point, if we cultivate the seed correctly, that seed is going to grow. It's going to sprout and it's going to produce fruit, even while we're sleeping. And God is saying, Jesus is telling them in a parable, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he likens it to something that we all can wrap our minds around. So he's taking a kingdom reality, something that we typically wouldn't be able to wrap our mind around. And he's trying to bring it down into an earthly verbiage so that somehow we can understand the right that we have to expect kingdom growth in our lives. And so God is saying here, this is an expectation that you can have that just as a farmer expects that even while he sleeps, so we're not talking about a work here. We're not talking about a work. We're talking about a supernatural something. I mean, nobody can figure out exactly like we can scientifically tell you how the seed falls, it has to die and it begins to sprout, roots go down and all this stuff. But let's, let's, let's be honest, we really don't know how it happens. We really don't know how it happens because God has created the seed to just function that way, that it would sprout and it would grow and it would produce fruit. And everything in nature is a picture of something in the kingdom. It's, it's evidence of what God is doing in the kingdom. It's evidence of how the heavenly realities function. And so we don't know it. We don't understand it. I don't understand what God has done in Cincinnati in five years. I don't get it. It's been bigger than I could ever expect it. He's done more than I ever thought he would when I started coming. I didn't know why I was coming. Some guy just said, I'm supposed to take you to Cincinnati. In fact, on faith, I've already bought your ticket. You're going to come to Cincinnati. I come to Cincinnati. I show up at a house meeting. I'm sitting in the front row, minding my own business. And this man says, in a minute, I brought a woman from Texas who has a gift for healing, and she's going to take everybody down to the basement. If you need healing, you're going to get healed. I'm freaking out because I'm thinking, what? And I hear the Lord say over and over again, just keep scattering seed. Just keep scattering seed and rest. Scatter my seed and rest. And know that if you scatter my seed, it has to grow. It has to grow. See, that's a confidence that we can stand on. It takes away the pressure. It takes away the work. I'm reminded of how in uh, Corinthians it says, when they're fighting over whose people are these people, who, who gets the credit, right? And, and, um, and so he says, Then who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? And then he says this, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Mm-hmm. He says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but God who gives the increase is everything. See, that's how the kingdom of heaven works. And all we're responsible, come on now, this is, this is nice. This is a good <laughs> word, guys. All we're responsible do is to plant and to water. And sometimes, can we be honest? Sometimes we plant, we water, we plant, we water, we plant, we water, and we get exhausted and we don't, and then we're like, we, we're trying to bring the increase. And when we don't see an increase, then we get discouraged and we back out, not realizing that you're always gonna reap in a different season in which you sow. We get, that in the, we get that in the natural. Like if I go out in the spring and I plant seed, the waits the entire summer season before he gets his reward. Yeah. But let's be honest, the farmer can't bring forth the increase. He's responsible to plant and to cultivate and to, and to nurture that seed. Only God brings increase and it's an automatic, organic kingdom process that cannot be stopped. If you aren't seeing fruit in your life, if you aren't seeing increase in your life, you must be working really hard to hold it back. Mm -hmm. You you must be working, you're kicking against the goads is what the scripture would say. You're kicking against the goads. Listen, it goes on in in this passage, it says, for the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. See, what he's saying is, God produces the effect. God is the one who brings forth that increase. Goes on and says the parable of the mustard seed. Then he said to them, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Again, he's giving them a parable, saying, how do I explain kingdom realities? How do I bring it down so that you'll understand it? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, something super small, something that seems insignificant, something that doesn't seem like it will amount to anything. Some of us won't engage in the small things of the kingdom, not realizing that God says until you're faithful in the small things, I won't give you charge over the bigger things. Not realizing that it's the faith of the size of a mustard thing, the, the small thing, which when it's sown in the ground is smaller than all the other seeds in the, on the earth. Is the enemy is not, he is a liar and he will tell you your seed or your efforts are too small. And I am here to tell you it does not matter how small your seed is. If it's sowed in obedience and it's sown in love, God will bring an increase. He has to. It's the law of the spirit. He has to. And not only will he do it in those around you, but he will do it in you. He will do it in you. Sometimes it seems so trivial just making that commitment to just really just spend 10 minutes a day in scripture. I have seen it in the lives of people over and over and over again. I have not a spirit of timidity, but I have a spirit of sound mind, of boldness, of love, and of discipline. I have not a spirit of timidity, but I have a spirit of of sound mind, of boldness, of love, and of discipline. I have not a spirit of timidity, how many of you think that that small seed, that small seed is going to be a great reward in my life? Right. If I declare that, God, it's your perfect love that casts out fear. I receive your perfect love and fear is not within me. God, it's your perfect love that casts out all fear. I receive your perfect love and there is no fear within me. God, I receive your perfect love and it's your perfect love that casts out fear and there is no fear within me. Yeah. God, I receive your, come on. But that's the seed that seems small and seems tricky. I will give people assignments. I meet with probably 14, 15, 16, sometimes 25, feels like 100 people a week. Whether it's in life coaching, brain health, or counseling, or whether it's residents that live in our program meeting with them, and I give them assignment every week. And sometimes it's very small, just like that. And they think it's too small. They don't think it's going to have impact. But God says it's the small things, of the, the seeds of the kingdom that grow into the things that are the size of a mustard, of a tree that is so big. It says, sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. Where did that come from? A seed which is smaller than all the other seeds on the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and it becomes greater than all the other herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. That's something big. He's talking about, listen, the kingdom of heaven right now, the kingdom of heaven started with the disciples. That's it. And look at how it's grown. I would have had no idea, none. When I came and began to minister in Cincinnati, how many people God would bring acro- into my path? How many of you know somebody that you ministered healing and deliverance then went and hit ministered healing and deliverance to somebody else? Th- this is what we call the kingdom of heaven, that it's increasing. Mm-hmm. God says you get to sow seed, you get to scatter seed, and then you get to rest. Mm-hmm. Because even while you're resting that seed will sprout and it will grow. Back over here in 1 Corinthians, I'm going to go on, it reads, it says, now he who plants and he who waters are one. To each one will receive his own reward to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which has given to me as a wise master, wise builder, master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it for no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. He's talking about that foundation that has been built and building upon that. And my, my point here is this, the Lord's point here is this. Listen, just like a builder is, we are called to be builders and that's an increase. We're building things. We're growing things. We're architects in the kingdom we're scattering things are being built things are growing and things are being built in you but there is a foundation that has been laid and upon that foundation we are building and that foundation is Jesus Christ and when we're scattering when we're building when we're architecting whatever you want to when you're when you're when you're ministering to other people as you begin to sow seed into them things are being built there's a foundation that has been placed there through the name of Jesus Christ and things are going to be built on it because wh- Because the kingdom of heaven is always increasing. It's always growing. It's always spreading. It's getting bigger and it's bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and so I was thinking in my head, I, I wonder what it's going to look like five years from now. You know? I mean, because... Because it's, it's already grown so big, like what's it going to look like in five years? And then can I be honest with you, I got a little frightened because I was like, Ugh, you know, and how big, how big can it get? God, how big is your kingdom? It's immeasurably greater than you can ever ask or imagine. It's bigger than you've ever thought. But here's the thing, I, I think we think too small, we operate in fear, and we get stuck in places, and the organic process of growth and increase comes to a halt. And and I'm telling you, you're working harder at stopping the kingdom of heaven from growing within you, from growing you, from growing your purpose, from growing your assignment than you are in just letting it happen. And sometimes in our attempt to work it, to grow it, to build it, (laughs) we're actually working counter into it because we're building it in our own works instead of allowing the spirit of the Lord to just do what he does. How many of you know that the word says the yoke of the Lord is easy and his burden is light? The yoke of the Lord, if we yoke ourselves to the Lord, there's an ease there. And when, when I say that word easy, I'm not talking like you and I, we think like easy, easy, like easy street, you know. Uh, that's not what I'm talking about. The word there, easy, in the Greek actually means it's fitting, it's beneficial. It's like a, as if a benefactor in your life. Cultivating growth. I'm looking for benefactors because they cultivate growth in my ministry, do we not? We're looking for people who are going to benefit our mission. God says, when you yoke yourself to me, it will benefit your purpose. I will be your benefactor. I will be your provider. I will be your yoke that that you are hooked to. I will be the one who sets the pace. I will be the one who guides you. When I turn to the right, you'll turn to the right. When I turn to the left, you'll turn to the left. And you will be doing things and you won't even know it because the supernatural will become your natural. Come on now, that's a good word. See, it should be so natural for us to be supernatural that it feels awkward when we're natural. It should be more difficult. It should be more difficult for us to sin than it is for us to not sin. Because if we're walking in the supernatural or walking in the spirit of the living God, there's an ease. It's fitting to who we are. It's fitting to our God design. You understand that when God created man and woman, he said, be fruitful and multiply. What was he saying? Produce, grow, increase, be productive, prosper. All the places in the scripture where God says you're blessed, blessed. That word blessed means you're empowered to prosper, to grow. People chuckle at me all the time. They're like, do you believe in the prosperity gospel? All of scripture, the Old Testament, is God moving people from the land of lack to the land of just enough to the land of more than enough. But if we're honest with ourselves, we hover in the land of those Christians who serve a God who gives me just the right amount of money at just the right time. That's not the God I read about. Because the God I read about doesn't give me just enough money. He gives me... Enough, and then basketfuls are left over. He fills my cup, and then it overflows. Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. He fills the nets with with fish, and then they start jumping in the boat. Mm -hmm. He's a God of more than enough. So define that how you want, but I call that a prosperity gospel. Mm -hmm. I call it a prosperity gospel. And a lot of us in this room aren't prospering the way God has called us to prosper. Listen to me. I'm not talking about money. I'm not excluding money, but I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about spiritual growth. I'm talking about spiritual fruit in your life. I'm talking about increase. Increase in your joy. An increase in your peace. A supernatural love welling up inside of you. An increase in your passion for life. An increase in your dreams. An increase in your purposes. An unction in your energy. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the drive that gets us up every morning out of bed, (laughs) leaping and jumping, shouting and rejoicing because I am living within a kingdom that's on the increase, and so am I. And there's something to shout about, something to shout about. And so tonight I want to challenge you and ask you to take a really good look. In fact, don't take a look at your life because you'll find yourself innocent. That's what the scripture says allow the holy spirit allow the holy spirit to examine you and ask the holy spirit a am i producing b am i producing what you've called me to produce okay because either way you, you might be producing some weeds either way you're going to pr- because bad seed's going to bring forth i mean listen to me the, the the bible says in isaiah chapter 5 the lord says he said i, I planted for myself a vineyard i put it on a hillside I I put it in a place where the sun would shine on it. I cleared out all the rubble. I cleared out all all the weeds. And then he says, and I set a wine press right in the middle of it. And I expect it to bring forth good fruit. And he says, but instead you brought forth bitter fruit. See, either way, you're going to bear fruit. I, we have residents that live in our program, and they'll come to me, and they'll say, oh, I just feel like the enemy's just trying to attack me, and uh, all this bad stuff's happening, and they'll start listing all this bad stuff, and I'm like, sweetheart, that's not the enemy. That's called consequence to your choices. Okay, the, which is beautiful. That means you have ownership there. That means I'm empowering you to go, oh, well, if I got myself into this mess, that means I have the power to get myself out of this mess. See, that's empowering. It's not to be condemning or accusing. It's to empower them and say, no, no, no. There are times we have to understand that every choice that we make is like a seed that you're sowing. You're either sowing it to the flesh or you're sowing it to the spirit. But either way, it's going to bring forth fruit. Why? Because organically, everything grows. Everything sprouts. The question is, what are you sprouting? Are you sprouting the best fruit? Are you bringing forth the best wine? Or have you settled for adequate fruit in your life? Maybe you're not seeing any fruit in your life. That's the question. Is am I increasing? Am I producing? What, What am I producing? And the last question is am I increasing? Is my fruit increasing? And let me ask you this last question. Are you expecting it to increase? How many of you, I mean, for 2019, we're in the corner. I'm a life coach for life. I love to set goals. That's what we do is we set goals. But you know what? Everybody's good at setting goals. You know, last year, the number one hashtag in January was hashtag, thank you, resolution fail. Hashtag resolution fail it was the number one hashtag last January. It's kind of sad, but here's the deal: when I say how many of you set, you know, some kind of goal or resolu- uh, New Year's resolution, almost everybody will raise their hand. Fitness centers actually bank on us; they oversell their annual re- uh, their annual subscriptions because they're banking on us failing. That's pretty. It's pretty. It's a fact. It's pretty sad that they're banking on us failing, and so there's goals that we set. But it's one thing to set a goal, and it's another thing to reach forward and to fulfill that goal, Mm -hmm. and to fulfill that goal. And so as you're looking, rounding the corner in 2018, if you were all my clients in this room, I would say I want you to take a look at 2018, and I want you to reflect on all the altars. All the places where you saw the Lord, where you saw fruit being built. Places where you can actually see growth in your life. And I want you to spend time acknowledging and celebrating the Lord, that what He has done. Because in that celebration, your faith will rise as you're rounding the corner to 2019 to say, not only expect, I'm not just expecting God to do it again. I'm expecting God to do more of it mm-hmm. again. To the same degree in which I grew in 2018. So, but, but we should expect that in 2019, not only are we going to grow, but see, God's kingdom isn't multiplication, it's an exponential. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's, it grows this way, it doesn't just grow, it's not like 2 plus 2 equals 4, mm-hmm. it, it's, like, it's not even 2 times 2 equals 4, it's like 2 squared equals whatever that is. Is it still 4? Yeah. <laughs> I need a different, it's like, so, but that's the point, yes, it is blowing up. But the point is, is when you're rounding the corner to 2019, man, set some big, hairy, audacious spiritual goals because you cannot dream our God. You cannot, mm-hmm. d- and expect and know, expect and know that there are some things in my life that are going to increase. That I'm, I'm cutting off my anchors. I'm getting set free from my fear. Yes. I'm going to cultivate the seed and I'm going to expect fruit. I'm going to expect it. Even while I'm resting. In fact, I will be resting. I will be found resting. Because even while I'm sleeping, seed will sprout. I just, I just am hearing the word increase in everybody's life. And I don't, I don't need to know. I mean, the Lord might show me. I don't need to know what that means for you personally. But I know it's a word for everybody in this room tonight. I know it's a word for me. Mm-hmm. As, we're, as we're ending the year and saying, I'm going to reflect on all the increase that I have seen in my own life. And I'm going to expect more of it. Can we, can we place that expectation? See, if we stood over here, these are your core beliefs. And, and our core beliefs walk us into our... How many of you have heard my podcast this this month? Oh, good. Fantastic. Hi. Well, the second half comes out in December, so I apologize in advance. Laura's going be, to be beat me up all week over it. Uh, so the, the, Your core belief is right here. And your core belief predetermines how you perceive something. And, you know, your perception is, so it's filtered through your senses. And then, then that formulates, it forms your perspective, which is my point of view, right? And everybody's point of view is right, right? My point of view is always right, isn't yours. Again, starts with your core belief over here, predetermining your perception, your point of view or your perspective, which then becomes the paradigm in which you live. It becomes the paradigm in which you live. Okay, so, so why did I share that with you? I have no idea. No idea. Um, I, so I shared that with you because over here, there's a core belief that I have that God is increasing. It predetermines the way I'm going to perceive trials and tribulations. Okay, it predetermines. I've already predetermined that every trial and tribulation that I go through, I will perceive as good for my growth, as a part of my growth, As a part of the increase, you see what I'm saying? That's why I can consider it all joy when I face trials and tribulations of any kind because I know that God is using it to develop me and develop my perseverance, not willing that I would be lacking in anything but maturing me in all things. He is growing me. So I've already predetermined in 2019 my core belief is rooted on the person of Jesus Christ that says you are a God who increases and you increase your people. And I'm standing rooted on that core belief. So no matter what comes into my life, I've already predetermined that I will perceive growth and increase. And that will be my point of view. And therefore, I have prophetically forced, enforced kingdom, which is growth. You follow? Listen to me. This is what we're calling self-fulfilling prophecy. Predetermine if my core belief is that I am rejected and unloved. Every interaction I have with people that's less than mushy gooshy, feel good, whatever, I, I automatically have predetermined I perceive rejection. And my perspective becomes I am rejected. That's my point of view. And then I begin to live a life where people reject me. Because I have taught and trained people how to treat me based on what I core believe my core belief. Okay? So I'm telling, I'm giving you that example because we're all like, oh, yeah, I did that yesterday. (laughs) Okay. So that's what we call a self-fulfilling prophecy. The woman with the issue of blood stood over here and she had a core belief. And that was, I know that he is a healer. Prophetically, she core belief actually navigated the kind of encounter she had with God. Some of you tonight will have an incredible encounter with God because you've already determined that you believe that God can touch you, that God can fill you with fire, that God can And some of you have a shaky faulty belief. And for some of you God will still do that because he wants to mess you up. <laughs> <laughs> but for some of you God will try and do that, but you've already self you've already prophesied over yourself that nothing's going to happen. That you're not worthy. That that's not real. Whatever it is. But over here is where your paradigm is where your life starts. It starts here and here. Mm -hmm. What do you believe? So this connects with our 2019 that you have to ask yourself, what do I believe about who I am? About where God is taking me? About my dreams? About my plans? About my purposes? About my growth in the spirit? About my impact in the kingdom? About my assignment? about the fact that I wake up in the morning and and the earth begins to rumble because I have so much power and authority that I stand upon it. Mm -hmm. I have that core belief here and it doesn't matter what happens to me, my perception will be that God is growing me, that God is working this. My perspective, my point of view will be God is increasing me and it will become the paradigm in which I live. That's the authority that God gives to us. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That's the authority that God has given to us mm-hmm. to begin to speak out and saying, God, I know there's establishment in my life. I know that all the days ordained for me are written in a book. I know that I know that this is what it is. So everything that I do, I know is built upon that foundation. So as I build, I say that's the foundation upon which I'm building. I'm building upon the foundation that I know that I'm I am created to prosper. I am created to multiply. I'm created to have dominion. I am created to have authority. I am created to increase. I am created to influence. I am created to grow. That's how I am created. And every that's why we are builders, but everything we build builds upon that foundation. Because he says, but don't build upon any other foundation. Don't build upon a foundation of a lie that you're not worthy of growth, that you're too small, that you're not good enough, that you're not righteous enough, that you're not worthy enough. That is a faulty foundation. That's not the foundation that we build. We are called to be builders and we build upon the truth. And as we build upon the truth, the paradigm begins to take shape. The paradigm that already exists in the spirit, by the way, that you're actually just reaching out and saying, I'm putting a demand on what I know that I know that I know. The woman said, I know that I know that I know. I believe he declared and decided, mind if I could just touch the edge of his cloak, I believe that moment she made that mind that she was healed. And it manifested in her body when she touched him. And a lot of us need that, that unction, that tenacity, and know that to him, who has come into the kingdom of God, he has given the right to be a co-heir with Christ. He's given us the right, and that word right there is exousia, which means the authority. He's given us the authority to pull in kingdom establishments, to pull in what we know that we know that we know is ours. Do you know it? Do you believe it? Have you predetermined that every trial, every tribulation, every encounter, every crappy relationship, every crappy circumstance that happens to you in 2019, I have predetermined it is for my good and for his glory and God is bringing an increase. I have already predetermined that because if I say that I believe in a kingdom truth, a biblical principle, a kingdom reality that says all things are working together for my good. That even the things that the enemy intends for evil, God is turning into good. If I know that I know that I... I get to predetermine how 2019 will go. In fact, I get to predetermine 2020 and 2021 and 2022 and 2023. And I don't know what it will all look like, but I can tell you it will be bigger than today. I can tell you that my ministry will be bigger On 2021 than it is today. I can tell you that my business will be bigger in 2021 than it is today. I can tell you that my family will begin to multiply in 2021 than it is today. I know that I know that I know that because I know kingdom principles. And I am rooted, built, founded upon truth. And, and I want this, I, I really want you guys, I mean, I'll, I'll sit here and preach at you all night long until I just sear it into your... <laughs> but I'm throwing out the seed and I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to bring the increase. Yes. I'm throwing out the seed. God, you do it. God, you do it. God, you do it. See, because I could sit here and preach until I'm blue, but until Holy Spirit gets a hold of your heart and begins to bring to life, bring to fruit, begins to reveal and brings a revelation, the seed that's being thrown out. But you got to want it and you got to believe it. you got to believe you're worthy of it. That even right now that the seas are being spoken are increasing, are coming to pass, are coming to pass. You know that the glory of the Lord is within you. The glory of the Lord is within you. Surely all of us, maybe you haven't, but surely all of us have had an experience or a time or a moment where you feel like you're about to explode. You know when Job says, I'm like a wineskin about to burst at the seams. When the Holy Spirit is just like, you know, and you're just like, And and the Bible says that he's he's looking for fresh new wineskin that is flexible and stretchable and moldable to the movement of the Holy Ghost. And that's the kind of worship we're looking for in this room. We're looking for a a movable, we don't want to be rigid and stuck. And as much as I have seen God do here in Cincinnati, I'm always expecting him to do more always expecting him to do more i'm expecting him to increase it to grow it to stretch it to and you know new wine has that yeast in it and so it's growing yeast is growing there's activity in it there's energy and that's why when you pop a a wine bottle it because there's energy and there's life in that bottle and we're talking about that kind of worship Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For more information or to keep up on current events and products, please go to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com.